Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. My guest today is Mark Springer. He's the author of a book called Flesh Becomes Words. So we had to talk about uh, what that book's about. Byline is examining the extraordinary relationship between worlds, faith, and science. So we're going to go into that and a bit of Mark's history and uh, his thoughts. So Mark, welcome to the call. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, Richard. I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk with you about Flesh Becomes Words, which uh, is really an action-packed story that does explore the nature of... uh, science, soul, and spirit, really, as far as how a constant interplay of words from these, if you can accept it, three parts of our being, DNA in our body, thoughts in our soul, and uh, in this book, God's Word from the Bible in our spirit make up the thought life of there's four characters who are struggling to believe which words they can trust. Yeah, I've often thought, uh, you know, is that my thought? Was that something that the Holy Spirit put into me? Like, do you have any insight into that? How do you know when it's uh, your thought or it's coming from God or if it's coming from like some unclean spirit or who knows where? Yeah. And really, flesh becomes words. That's that's a question that confronts particularly uh, Jordan McCarty as he's exploring, really trying to understand and coming to an understanding of what is the Bible? What is it about? What, what do we need it for? And it's Really what it states to be in the book of Hebrews is it's a living and active and sharper than any de- double-edged sword. It, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that is the what is allows us to decide like, okay, I've got a bunch of thoughts, but really they don't become alive until I choose the ones I want and put them into words. And that's when we really take the thought. So what's the uh, overall uh, story in the book? You know, without giving away too many details, what's what's the book about? Well, what it's about is it's a quest by a team of futuristic entrepreneurs, these four characters I told you about that are drawn together, to apply modern-day biotechnology techniques around genomics, genetic analysis, uh, CRISPR gene editing, if you've heard of that, to convert words of great writers of the past into their DNA to actually capture their minds or souls, if you will, and create libraries and thereby transform education into edutainment, which is a Las Vegas attraction where instead of reading books, people can come and learn from the actual great authors of the past by either listening to actors who have modified their own DNA and incorporated these minds of, say, Shakespeare or Newton to calculus or Einstein, bar of their own DNA, or they can take their own DNA and borrow the minds of the writers themselves or thinkers and get their minds for a period of time and then... So that's back. the premise of the book, that science has found a way for people to do that to somehow, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, download or use, uh, let's say, how, how Einstein would think about uh, theoretical physics and someone can, I guess, learn that or incorporate that into their thinking? Like, really, what do you mean? Yes, I mean, what it is is that there's a biotech kingpin that starts out with, his name is Richard Dixon, and what he's discovered is that our thoughts 
rather than being centered in our brain, are captured in our DNA and he's isolated them out of blood. And now he needs a way, he encounters a modern day biohacker who has come up with an algorithm like a compiler that would translate, you know, actual machine language into programming languages the way they do. But because DNA is written in a language, you know, there's three billion base pairs, all the A's, C's, T's, and G's that they uncovered in the Human Genome Project, he's discovered a way to actually translate that language into words, written words. So when you isolate the thoughts of people in their DNA, he can actually read their minds. So here come all the words of those thoughts. And, and so with that, Dr. Dixon teams with him and they come up with a company, Biospan, to come up with this product called MemSpan, which would be a therapeutic where people can, you know, catch if they've lost their memories or they want to restore memories or what they want to get rid of traumatic memories, they, they can just splice them out and have the memories that they want because they can find all their thoughts after they've translated them. Well, of course, it's the story of how science and technology always continues to go beyond that. And what they discover is if they can go in one direction from DNA to words, why can't they go in the other direction, words to DNA? And so that's where they come up with this plan to say, well, why can't we, you know, they're all involved in academia and education and people don't seem to be reading these great classic writers of the past. So they figure, well, let's bring them to life, you know, and they get funded by a titan in Las Vegas who has plenty of money and wants a, Las Vegas is always looking for a new attraction and figures, well, let's set up a edutainment uh, mecca here where we can bring people in. And so all underlying all of this, though, is a futuristic America where belief in the actual teaching of the Bible and the word of God is against the law. And so Jordan McCarty enters in here as a, he's drawn into this world of Richard Dixon, this biotechnology kingpin. And, and he, he's trying to, he has a photographic memory. So what he's doing is his son has gone distant from the world of science, which is the correct upbringing at this time. And has said, he's gone rogue and believes in God and has joined a God gang. So he wants to understand him. So he gets an old Bible he finds in his attic and says, I think I'm going to memorize the whole thing and then I'll understand what he's going on. So as he goes through this process, his DNA, of course, gets filled up with the word of God. And so what's discovered at the end is they're not able to bring these writers to life until they use a CRISPR application and they splice in the DNA of God, which comes from the Bible from the Word of God. And so that's where, that's basically, in a nutshell, what happens. There's a lot of things that you can imagine that there's discussion about and, you know, what does that actually mean? And should we do this? Should we not do this? And so that's kind of what the book is about. And it's really meant to spur conversations about, like, what do we believe in in this world with all these different words and things and all these, you know, explosion of information around us and books and podcasts and, you know, what, what, where's the truth in everything? So, I mean, I guess we're going to spoil the end of the book, but uh, how did you get this idea? Like, how has this uh, interacted with your, your personal life or your professional life? Like, how did this come to you? It came to me a long time ago, actually. Like, back, I became a born-again believer in Jesus Christ in 1986, and I was actually studying the Bible with a biology, molecular biology grad student, and uh, we were kind of, you know, explaining things out of, you know, the book of John, where I'm sure you've heard that scripture about Jesus, where he is the word of God, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so there were parallels to that in terms of, you know, I had a 
cell biology degree. I wasn't, you know, a grad student or anything, but I certainly understood the basics of, uh, you know, genetics and such. And that there was a parallel between, well, DNA is words, which then become proteins and become our entire makeup of our body. I mean, that's how we get identity. You know, you know, it's used in forensics and, you know, with a basic understanding of it, most people believe that concept. And so that was back in 86. And I banged out about a page or two of the idea on a typewriter. But I, you know, then I I had a career in science writing where I actually wrote about and interviewed hundreds of researchers who were doing this kind of research, attended the conferences during the time of the uh, Human Genome Project. So that's where I got some background on it. And it seemed to be, it, it always was in me. And I started writing parts of the book then about that. And then, but I, I wrote a lot of it and then over a period of time and then I put it down and then only in the last couple of years did I really pick it up and, and finish the rest of it. So that's kind of the how it came about. What do you do for uh, your normal career, if I may ask, to <laughs> interact with this? Well, right now, I as I mentioned, I've been like a science writer and a technical editor working in the life sciences industry or biotechnology. And I'm now in biopharmaceuticals as uh, in labeling, which is the information that comes out with, you know, the drug products and such and mainly editing and managing now. So I've been in that, the general industry, you know, for 30 plus years. So that's my background. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've wondered, uh, you know, people of faith, I don't hear them trying to reconcile science with faith. Like, you know, let's say you're studying the microbiome. I, I don't think it's mentioned in the Bible, but how do you reconcile that? Why would, uh, for instance, you know, God have us composed of these trillions of microbes plus their own cells. You know, does, I don't even know what, what you'd call that, but does anyone think like that? Okay, um, there must have been a reason for this, and, you know, it, it came from God, so how do we integrate that with the science that we're doing? Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700-plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click support us today. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And certainly, I don't claim to understand what everything in our body is for. And sometimes, even in science, they don't even, we don't even, we, I'm not necessarily a scientist, I've written about it, but scientists uh, don't really understand everything about the body. You know, they discover things as they go. And then, and really, things that they have discovered, the, sometimes they change. You know, the science is never really settled in that sense. But I think what I was trying to, get across in Flesh Becomes Words is that really a lot of times we look at science, life science, and of course, evolution versus genesis as being like one or the other. They're like one, they're mutually exclusive. But what Flesh Becomes Words is, is I call it a genre of sci-spy or science spiritual, which where you describe through fictional science, in this case, bioengineering and looking at DNA as a, you know, basically a fact-based metaphor for an underlying spiritual truth, which is related to the existence of the character of God. So facts and science are from 
the observable sense-bound world, right? You've got information that you look at, data, and you say, I see it, therefore I believe it. Well, truth from faith comes from actually believing when you read these words, you get, instead of information, revelation knowledge, and you see the truth, and then you believe. And faith is based on not calling things as they are, which science is, but calling things that are not as though they were, which is really the faith that is written about in Genesis that Abraham had. And when we hear about faith all the time in the Bible, it really is almost contrasted with the way science looks at things. So so the truth comes from words expressed from the invisible, eternal, spiritual world, whereas facts are in the temporal changing, observable world. So this was the effort here is to show, for instance, if you look on the cover of the book, you will see the double helix of DNA, right? And it has two strands, the way it's put together, the structure of it. We all heard of the Watson Crick DNA double helix, and they're called the sense and the nonsense strands or the coding and the non-coding. Getting back to your first question about, we have all these thoughts, right? So which ones do we choose? And it's interesting that DNA, it's representative of spiritual strand, good and evil, things and thoughts, which ones are expressed, which which of this, and that's how DNA operates, is one strand is expressed as RNA and then becomes the proteins, the other one is not. And that's an ongoing decision, really, that's being made. So what I'm trying to show is that the world of science, really, God has set it up so that everything leads back to come and see the truth in the Word of God, and that will give you your identity of who you are. It really is recasting the Bible as the DNA of God that he invites us to take into ourselves, if we believe it, and obtain a new identity, the identity of Christ. Oh, it's like God saying, examine me, look into my DNA, and know me on yes. every level possible. Exactly. And like you said earlier with your example in the book, take my words into you, you know, integrate them into your DNA, literally. And that's the ultimate expression of what you can do. Exactly. And and that's really the message, the underlying message that I'm trying to want, get across, that the Bible is the words of God written in 66 books by men who are inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's more of a book of promises and then rules or laws, testaments. These are the things that you can have. This is the identity that you can have. The name of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation even is the word of God. So the words of the Bible are, in essence, the DNA of Jesus. He was revealed. Once we are born again, we're given a new recreated spirit. We become like him. Then we can take the words of the Bible in our eyes and ears so the DNA of Jesus actually becomes the DNA of our spirits. And these words give life to our spirits. We become like him, take on his identity. And this is the meaning of the phrase that you could see often throughout the New Testament, particularly in the letters of Paul, of being in Christ. So this book is just an effort because there's a lot of, in the science world in particularly, there's a lot of resistance into looking at the Bible. you know. And so I'm saying, don't look at it as another book. Look at it as the DNA of God that he's, in, as you had stated so well, like he's inviting us to take in and become, he becomes a part of us. He lives in us. Yeah. Well, I, well like, like, isn't like your book directly says, take my word, integrate it into your DNA and you shall know. I guess that's what I'm, I'm getting. That's what your book's partly yeah. about, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and what happens is it's dramatized and shown 
by through this this extraordinary human effort of extracting a thought genome of the main character, Jordan McCarty, who is memorized. So he's he's put into his thought genome the entire words of God. And so pulling that out and, and actually trying to manufacture it and do something that has basically already been done for us. And a lot of times I think that's where, you know, human mankind is struggling to do something or find an answer to something that God has already found out. And God reveals things to us about even the concept of eternal life, right? I mean, that's always been something, you know, you look at all the quests of, you know, medicine and, you know, we're always trying to extend our life or, you know, find a solution to, you know, stop aging. But, you know, this has already been done for us if we can believe it. Well, part of it, um, yeah, I mean, right. And there's our eternal life in Jesus. So that, that solves the getting old and dying problem. Yeah, it's it just pits this idea of like our efforts, you know, versus what's what we are just need to accept and believe if, you know, rather than go out and try to accomplish it through other means that don't always, you know, like there's partial solutions on things, like everything. If you, you look at the best treatments for disease or what have you, there's always side effects and things. So, well, like, like here's a question, you know, um, I've heard people say, um, if you have a thought and you want to know if it comes from God, you know, uh, reconcile it against scripture. If it doesn't contradict it, it's probably okay. If it does, yeah, no good. Does anyone do that in science? Does anyone discover anything in science and say, does this reconcile with the truth of, of God, with the truth of the Bible? I don't know how you do that, but does anyone even ask that? That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you go through, I mean, all the different scientists, I mean, some believe, some don't. It all depends, I imagine, on what they believe and what they don't believe. But I think, you know, one of the themes in this book is the importance of the of the words that we speak. And I think, you know, when we talked originally or at the beginning of this podcast, when you, you mentioned, you know, well, we have all these thoughts, I mean, and which ones do we choose? And And that's kind of the essence of where our life goes. And, you know, if you think about it, it's like if you speak things out of fear that are negative all the time and then they happen, I mean, you really have the life that you are speaking. Whereas if you speak the words that God has, you know, if you know the words and they're always positive, they're always good. That's the, you know, they're not, they're never of fear. Then you get what you say and your life goes well for you. I mean, that is pretty much at least according to the Bible, how we were made to be. We were made to be speaking spirits who, you know, listen to what God says and speaks to us through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And and like you said, I mean, the, the barometer is like the spirit inside of us does, is able to, if we've renewed our minds and we have access to the words that we have to compare against from the, the Bible, we will know, hey, that's wisdom really, knowing, well, which of these words are where are these thoughts coming from? I mean, are, are they coming from evil? I don't want to say them if they're coming from good, though I, I do want to speak them because then I know I can have what I say. So what kind of feedback have you gotten uh, on the book? You know, how long has it been out and uh, what have what have people said about it? Well, Flesh Becomes Words has been out actually about a year now, but just recently, this being a debut novel, I have been doing quite a number of podcasts and radio interviews in the last couple of months. And it's been good. I mean, I've, I've actually, and it's run the gamut. It has a, a wide appeal. I've, I've been on a couple of Christian 
based radio morning shows or podcasts and some some things that are have nothing to do with Christianity or anything. And there's been an interest in it uh, because of, I think, some of the interest right now and the time that it came out and where the, the world is at as far as technology, you know, this, you know, new, not so much new, but artificial intelligence is sort of something that people don't know how to approach on the horizon. And, you know, this book touches upon that uh, quite a bit. So there's been some interest on that from that perspective, from different media outlets and any individual feedback from readers that surprised you delighted you yeah i mean just mainly kind of the combining of you know science with the word of god you know how those two can possibly you know be together you know but yeah i mean the feedback i've gotten is it's also it's a there's some suspense in the story you know we didn't talk much about the plot but this you know, the development of the, the characters as they continue to move down this path of like, how far can you take this? Can you actually, I mean, there's some sort of bits of a modern day Frankenstein character, if you will, in Dr. Richard Dixon, who's the entrepreneurial kingpin of biotech who's discovered originally what he calls the origin of thought when he gets the genetic basis of it. So yeah, there's some interest in that aspect of it as well. You know, it's funny that this was like the 50s or 60s. He'd be Dick Dixon, maybe the 70s, so <laughs> they follow him. Right, exactly. I know. The, it, it does lend itself to some play on words, that's for sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. Hey, my dad knew a guy named Larry Lawrence, so sometimes people have those kind of <laughs> names, you know, so that's fine. But, okay, well, very good. Has this inspired you to go for uh, novel number two? Or like, now that you've written this and it's out there, do you feel relieved, like you've gotten this out of you, or is there more that, that you want to write about that's, you know, poking you in the brain? Yes. And as far as what you're saying about, it definitely was something where, you know, I actually believe that this was a story that I was meant to write, like almost my whole life, you know, and it's it's one of those things. And if you've written a book and I mean, it's like, you're right. It's like, it's around you and you're like, you just keep hearing like, okay, you got to do this. You got to do it. So yes, there is that aspect of it, but also, um, I am currently writing um, my next novel, which is in this genre that I talked about, this sci-spy, science spiritual, the same sort of ideas of here I explored inner space of the molecular world, right? And the novel I'm working on right now looks at outer space, like galaxies and planets. Why are there so many of them? And I'll just give you a brief tease on that, I guess, that it centers around the question of what if Adam and Eve had not eaten from the knowledge of the tree for the knowledge of good and evil and fallen and man fell into sin and needed to be redeemed by Jesus. And and what if, what was the plan? Like if they just were there in the garden and then multiplied, where was everyone going to go? What were they going to do? And so that's where it's an exploration into really, that's why there are so many planets is it was always intended that man, woman, man, and woman would actually have their own planets and garden to live in. So briefly what it is. You know, what came to me, I know this is going back to the science realm, but according to your concept, every bit of food you eat, then it truly is information because it's composed of words. So what happens if you eat a gen genetically modified piece of food? No, or what happens if you eat a uh, processed food? You know, like you eat a Twinkie, which has like nothing natural in it versus like a piece of broccoli. You know, if you use that word concept in the DNA, like what is that? 
literally, it makes sense. Like, what, what is that food telling your body? And that actually is a, a concept, you know, that seems to be real. It just sprang to mind. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because like with food, you know, of course it goes into our stomach and then whatever comes out of it, you know, the nutrients into our blood and everything. And, you know, spiritually, really the words, um, you know, Jesus even said, I am the bread of life. And he, people were kind of appalled that one time he said, you know, if you, you, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's like, what? Now, who is this guy? And, but what he was saying really is that the words that we take in to our eyes and our ears are really like eating, you know, that they're, they're going in to our spiritual being much the same way that, as you were talking about, like food that we consume in our bodies, you know, goes in there. So yeah, I mean, that whole concept of eating and, you know, seeds is a, that's a common theme throughout the Bible. I mean, the word is, is considered the, the sower sows the seed. And what that is, is that's the word and the, the devil actually comes to steal the word because when people hear it, if their hearts aren't open to it, it's gone, you know, so it can't have any benefit to them. So seeds, yes, those and bread and food, that makes a lot of sense. What you're saying as far as it's eating now, as far as the, how that DNA in a GMO food now, I'm not, you know, a scientist to understand how that works on that level. But, you know, I, I don't really think about, you know, whether a food is genetically modified, whether I'll eat it or not, it doesn't concern me. Yeah, because it goes along with your book. You know, again, so what is a food telling you? What words are in there? You know, <laughs> and again, a genetically modified one, what words are in there? So it's just interesting. Oh, yeah. If you could take it and you could like, yeah. And, you know, if you could sequence it out and you would find out, okay, what's the, pa if you first take everything out into its DNA sequences, and then you could say, you could put some algorithm on it and translate it. Like, are there words in there? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, very cool. Um, where can people find out? Where, first of all, where can people get the book? And then how do they keep tabs on what you're doing so that when the next one comes, they're ready? Okay. Well, Flesh Becomes Words is easiest way to find it is on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble, or you can get it through Google or Apple. But the key to it is, is once you get in the search engine, you must put in Flesh Becomes Words Mark Springer because there's so many books. And uh, that will bring it right up to the top. You can get it in Kindle or you can get it in paperback. And as far as my, I, I, at this point, I don't have a website where people can visit to find out when my next book is coming out or more about me. I really don't have a LinkedIn site. I'm, I haven't, I'm not, I haven't done that yet. And, but I've heard it a lot and it's probably something I should do as I've been speaking to people like yourself and who have yeah. podcasts and interview a lot of people. And You'll literally get the word out. You know? Yes. Well, excellent. Mark, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I, I really appreciate your time and, and the book that you've written. It sounds really, really cool. So but, uh, I got the free copy right. you sent me. Thank you. And I'm going to get to reading it. So thank you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast. Excellent. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.